0: Welcome to the next episode of InfoSec Whiskey. I am your host, Ushi, and with me I have the um, InfoSec GOAT and System Rogue. Hi. And we're super excited to have our guest that we have with us. Um, the guy who really doesn't need an introduction, everybody knows who he is. The guy who literally wrote the book on Metasplate, we have Dave Kennedy with us. Yay, thank you so much, much for for <laughs> so much for joining
1: us. Thanks so much for having me out. I really appreciate it. Oh
0: my gosh, we're so excited to have you. I can't even tell you how excited I was that you... Had like responded so quickly. We're pouring the we're pouring the bourbon before we have any more um, like snafus with with our AV.
2: We're gonna have three takes to choose from. <laughs> Whether the audience hears this better not.
0: So we were just saying, and I, you know, like I started to kind of find out, and it it really was kind of a duh moment when I learned that you were like a big whiskey slash bourbon guy, um, because you like founded. Uh, Derby con which is in yep. the motherland of bourbon, right. I just
3: put that together,
0: and that's why we love the goat. Wow, um, <laughs> I
3: might as well be blonde. <laughs>
0: so, so, but yeah, like, it, so you you were just showing us your amazing. Is it just a bourbon room, or is it whiskey and bourbon?
1: Whiskey and bourbon. Yeah, I, I, um, I like all, all types of whiskey. I have um, some scotches in there. I have some rye, uh, rye whiskeys. I've uh, got some weeded whiskeys. Uh, but mostly uh, my favorite is, is definitely bourbon for yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, me too. What is your favorite? Um, what's your favorite rye?
1: Uh, I like I like Michter's rye quite a bit. Um, that's probably one of my favorite uh, go-tos. The Michter rye 10-year is actually one of my favorites. I find that uh, between 8 and 12 years is kind of my favorite Um. Age range when it comes to the amount of, of wood and oak flavors that you get into it. Nice. So uh, I like the Michter's ten year is probably my, my favorite rye that nice. go to.
0: I recently from my Hacker Secret Santa sent me um, I think it was six different um, whiskeys to try and they none of them had labels. It was oh, that's all, cool. he had that's labeled awesome. them for me. And then on um, at at Christmas, at midnight at Christmas, um, he posted it on. He had created a tw- uh, a Twitter account for it, and um, and posted what each of them were, so that awesome. it was you know, and it was really cool. My favorite was um, the Basil Hayden's two by two rye, which yeah, I cannot absolutely. I cannot find anywhere. Yeah, but, unfortunately, uh, you was, find
1: regular Basil Hayden, but the two by two rye.
0: Yeah, no, you can get you can find the dark rye, you can find the Caribbean rye, but the two by two rye, like I've. I, the only reason I believe that it exists is because I did find it online. <laughs>
3: that just means we have to take
0: you to Louisville for the first time. Oh yeah, we need to go
3: to Louisville. Never mm-hmm. been to Louisville? She's never
0: been. to I Louisville.
1: have not. Oh man, no. I know. I was just—I was actually just out there last week. Uh, I got a, a private tour of the uh, the Buffalo Trace Distillery out there, uh, and it was it was yeah. absolutely incredible. It's amazing. You, you got to go do the Bourbon Trail. Absolutely, it's absolutely. So much- yeah, for,
3: and you can get I something
2: have. free from that. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So, awesome. I recently was, um, I spent about six weeks in uh, or near Alcoa, which is just south of Knoxville, for some training that my job sent me to. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to do everything in that time frame that I wanted, which means I did not get to go to all of the wonderful distilleries that are out there in the wonderful land bummer
1: bummer it's it was uh it was a really incredible experience i mean to see the scale of what they're able to accomplish and the consistency that they make uh, some great bourbon with is is absolutely fascinating and you go through like the history with like elmer t lee and how he created what is now known as buffalo trace distillery and uh, some of the um, archaeology that's there like the original stills they had back in the 1800s and i mean it's just really really incredible and um we were talking earlier before we joined on the on the on the podcast uh, how hard it is to find like eagle rare buffalo Trace. They are building uh, I think three to four different warehouses a year that can house like like two hundred thousand barrels, wow. uh, you know, a year. So that hopefully that shortage kind of goes away um, as time progresses. But no one I think ever saw the how big bourbon was really going to be today, which is which is really fantastic. Right.
0: So let's get into the bourbon. We actually haven't said what we're drinking tonight. So when I um... Every time that I have somebody on the podcast, I always kind of try to tailor what we pick for them. So, like um, with Tinker, I went with Larceny.
1: Yeah, Larceny's great because,
0: and I thought, you know, then I actually hadn't had Larceny before, um, and I was, and neither had he, and we both got to experience it together, and that was really cool. So, but for you, I definitely knew we wanted to go bourbon, and um, you told me that your favorite go-to drinking bourbon was Eagle Rare. So yep. I did the search on, um, here and, and, uh, cause a lot of you, it's getting harder and harder to find, like you were saying. And so I was actually able to find some and, um, the, the, the goat went and picked up the bourbon for us. And like I had mentioned offline, um, she got us five bottles so we're, congratulations. we're stocked congratulations you're stocked yes.
1: stock for a while on Eagle Rare yeah do you have that
3: many bottles in your bourbon room <laughs> of Eagle Rare I, I actually uh, Rare? I
1: have I, I shouldn't I, I probably shouldn't even talk but I, I have uh, 10 bottles of Eagle Rare 10 bottles of Blanton's, 10 bottles of Buffalo Trace on storage just in case because I know it's harder to find
0: just in so, case
1: uh, that's not in the bourbon room that's in a different room that's in the storage room so. that's, awesome. <laughs>
0: that's awesome that's just the
3: storage
2: room no, I from. was really so, uh, hoping we were outdoing him in this one so, yeah no <laughs> I wasn't Sorry. <laughs> you have a supplemental bourbon room. What's that? You have a supplemental bourbon room. I
1: do, just just for my go-tos. Like, you know, you what the worst is, you know, like I I like to try bourbon and then, you know, I'll try like a bottle and then I'll store it, and I'll try another bourbon and I'll store it, I'll try another bourbon, etcetera, etcetera. But my go-to bourbons, you know, i like to enjoy those whenever I'm having a, you know, like a night or whatever, I'm yeah. uh, sipping a bourbon. And so I like to have those. And and, it, and you're right. It's harder to find those nowadays. So stocking up on those has been what I've been doing. I'll, I'll find a good price online and I'll just order them and then kind of stock them a bit. And then when I get a good price, I'll order some more. So that sounds amazing.
3: like
1: you know, when I go to Walmart, I just stock up. on Stock stuff. up. Not necessarily bourbon, but it's a bourbon Armageddon. So I've so <laughs> just really
0: like, I've, I've, Really, when I started getting into, like, whiskey and bourbon, like, I just kind of drank what I liked, and I didn't really understand, like, I thought it was pretentious to, like, smell it and, like, do the weird tea. Now I'm, like, totally into it. Um <clears throat> And uh and so yeah, I'm like super excited. So I wanted to just for the people who are listening and drinking with us at home, because we will let them know like what we drink so that they can drink along with with us, hopefully, when they um listen. So according to the um according to the the uh Eagle Rare, well it's Buffalo Traces website, but um so we're doing the Eagle Rare 10. Yeah, is that what you're drinking with us? Yep, yep? yep. you showed us the bottle too. So um It says for the nose, we've got strong scents of orange orange peels and citrus mixed with aged
3: oak. I smell vanilla.
0: It also says... Let her get
3: there. No, no,
0: no. I actually... You know what? Let's do that. Let's... before. Let's... No, no, no. What's funny is it says marshmallow um, drizzled with honey, which I think is totally... Oh, marshmallow is
3: my favorite thing. Oh, my gosh.
0: So we (laughs) should do that. Let's let's smell it and then say what we think it smells like before we read their, their tasting notes.
3: Honestly, like, I get it. classic good bourbon. There's a difference between bourbon that's going to suck going down and, and good Girl, bourbon.
0: Go, you hush. What do you smell? Good bourbon. I, mean, I I'm with you, though. I smell, like, the sweetness. Yeah.
2: If I were to hazard a guess, I, I would say that for the mash bill, the percentage of rye is slightly higher than what you'd expect for a typical <laughs> bourbon, but not even in the ballpark of what you'd actually call a rye. And that's why there's a little bit of that edge... There's it's just a little bit of extra burn on the back end mm,
3: that's
2: from what you would normally get, I feel, from a 10-year whiskey.
0: Dave, what do you smell? And, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I can definitely um, see where you get the smell of, of
1: vanilla. I think all the smells kind of come together uh, when you're smelling it. When you taste it, you get a little bit more. Um, I, get, I, I definitely get the fruity smell of it. Um, definitely the oak. Uh, when you get okay. to... A little bit more towards the eight to ten to twelve and and, and beyond. Um, you definitely get that that prevalent wood, uh, charred wood smell uh, that you come into there. What is and, the oak? Uh,
0: what is the oak supposed to smell like? Can I see yours? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna try some straight. I'm, I'm gonna, to gonna and, up. and it's I very know this
3: good. is. I'm going yeah. left wing on this, but I'm gonna make you drink some Chardonnays, and then I think Chardonnays are really That's good. T- oak.
0: We're talking no. about. I'm right talking about
3: oakness right now.
0: What does oak now? taste yeah. like? Should I go chew on a bark and see what it
1: tastes
2: like? Good, you, you should. Well, you know what you can do. Um, Dave you said get... I should. I'm going to now. So actually, if you're going to chew on bark, I recommend cedar. <laughs> I also recommend cedar and pine in my IPAs, but I mean, that's a different story. I'm a <laughs> okay, weird. fine.
3: Back to whiskey. I'm sorry. Okay, so you're
0: You know, right. you know what's
1: right. funny about uh, a really quick history lesson um, on, on bourbon? Uh, does anybody know how bourbon actually originated from?
0: I forgot. They I
3: watched... told me on one of the Louisville tours. Tell us. It's like it's us.
1: Ireland or Scotland. No one really knows, actually. So that's that's the trick. So no one really knows how bourbon originated. But some of the things that uh, you can go back to is there was a newspaper uh, back in the 1800s that talked about uh, when they were shipping whiskey, uh, one of the, the barrels that they shipped it in happened to be burned uh, inside, and they had charred the inside of the barrel. And one of the bartenders that was buying the, the, the whiskey said, hey, I can sell way more of this if you burn the inside of the barrels uh, you burn the whiskey inside the barrels because it gives it a different type of color and our and our customers love it and that's kind of the first indication we ever got of, of talking about burning the barrels which eventually turned into to what we talk about whiskey um, so we don't know exactly where it came from um, but we know that the charring of the barrels um, the 51 percent or more corn all of those kind of transpired over over time uh, you know after after you know 10 15 20 30 40 years um, eventually kind of matured into what we know today as being bourbon
3: that's, that's really, super interesting. That's really interesting because when I take you to Louisville because it's going to be me because okay. I have capital on that right now. Um, when do you mean
2: it's going to be you? She's
3: my, my wife. Gonna, we'll find about this later. And but, let's go ahead. Um, you might remember because I don't... It wasn't Evan Williams. I did another tour where they make their own barrels and they char mm-hmm. their own barrels. It was really cool to see. That's very yeah. cool.
1: Um, I mean, people... Um, They're so precise on how they make the whiskey... Um, how old the trees are, the amount of rings that the trees have, where they get the trees from, how they char, it, the number, the number of char that they use. Um, all of that is, it, it's literally an exact science of how they get the consistency of the flavors, um, through each and every barrel that you taste.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm loving this. I could, I could literally sniff
3: this. What does the taste say about Oh, are I'm, we, sorry. I'm sorry. Are we... I
0: totally like spaced on that. So, okay. So the nose was, um, toasted marshmallow drizzled with honey. Like, and okay. that was the the majority of it. The palette it says it's simplistically sweet without a ton of depth. Yeah. Upfront notes of honey, toasted brown sugar, new oak, not old oak, and um, and light traces of white pepper are
3: all present. I totally feel that. Like yeah, I. It's um, not bad. It goes down easier than a lot of really bad. Yep. I mean, so,
0: bad Yeah.
1: When I, was, uh, when I was at the Buffalo Trace Distillery, I got to speak to um, mm-hmm. and do an actual um, flight of all of the different bourbons that uh, Sazerac produces. Um, Pappy 23, Pappy I 20. I the
0: picture that um, you
1: put on. Eagle Rare 17-year, uh, you know, really rare ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was interesting is I talked to, his name was Drew Mayville. Uh, he's the master blender at the distillery there. And uh, he told me, he's like, uh, I said, you know, my, my favorite go-to bourbon is, is Eagle Rare. And he said, you know what? Mine is too. And I'm like, "Hey, I must be must be doing something right cuz the Master Blender that literally blends pappy and everything else is go-to drinking uh, he, uh bourbon is he is eagle could Red, have though.
0: anything. Cool. An eagle. Yeah. That's very cool." So, um if you don't mind, we got some questions we'd like to throw at your way.
1: Sure. I mean, we, we could
0: literally talk about bourbon forever. But here. um so the other uh maybe two weeks ago i was um i work for fire now and i was working on a um i was working on the citrix vulnerability and um i was using your poc actually to um to work on that and it was funny to me because when i went onto the github of course it's like it's like you right and um and i and and that it actually came my first question which was like so how much, um, like on the keyboard stuff were you still doing? Like, cause I know you're like, you go everywhere, right? Yeah. You run this big company. Um, how much hacking are you still doing?
1: That's a great question. Um, so what's interesting is, as uh, I employ over 300 people now, which is insane to think I started in the basement of my house, awesome. uh, no virtual, you know, you know, BC funding or anything like that. Just basically wanted to make my own company. And, um, and for me, though, uh, uh, security is more so than a job. It's a passion of mine. So I still am very much hands-on on time. In fact, uh, right before I got onto this, um, onto this podcast, I released a new version of uh, Trevor C2, which is my command and control infrastructure I use for uh, pivoting on, on, on systems. So, cool. um, so I, I do a lot of coding still. Um, I work a lot uh, with the teams that are doing engagements. I hop on engagements. Um, you know, what's nice about running your own company is I can hop on the really cool engagements. So when there's like a really tough one, right. I can just kind of flux in and, and, and help out. Um, so I really enjoy the, the hacking part of it. And I still get to do quite a bit of it, even with all my tra- uh, traveling um, and everything else I have to do from running day-to-day businesses. But um, my passion is hacking. I love doing it. Uh, I don't actually like, I'm rephrase that, I like running companies, um, but I don't like running companies, right? I like actually going and doing the technical work. Uh, and And everything else just kind of falls in line with that. Uh, so we got a great great culture, and everybody else uh, kind of recognizes that and I have some great uh, people in leadership. Um, but I get to still hack all the time, which is awesome.
0: That's very cool. So one of my favorite things about you is your pinned tweet. What's that? I said one of my favorite things about you is your pinned tweet.
1: Oh yeah,. <laughs> the- So, yeah, the the Rami Malek uh, uh, piece on uh, Mr. Robot, uh, that was probably one of the coolest experiences uh, ever. I I, uh, have been helping out the show with season one, and they used my tool throughout a number of the different seasons, uh, the Social Engineer Toolkit and a few others. And um, uh, Cora Adana, which is one of the technical producers for the show, he sent me a message and he's like, uh, hey, uh, we're going to uh, do something cool for you next season. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, well, it wouldn't be a surprise if I told you, so I'm not going to tell you. And uh, so I was literally watching the TV show, and I had no idea what was going to happen. Oh, that's and, so cool! Um, and Remy Malik walks oh, in. And he's like, "Hey, I'm Dave Kennedy. I work with Craig on the Q4 push." And I was like, "No way!" And my mind was blown. And my mom calling me. My whole family's calling me. Everybody on Twitter's, you know, going all crazy. Like, you no, know, it was it was really a cool testament uh, uh, to to the show. You know, trying to keep it to the being like a really hacker show, and uh, it really uh, meant a lot to me uh, that they actually did that. It was really cool. Really humbling.
0: So very cool. Yeah, like I've actually watched it a couple of times it's just because every time like I end up on your Twitter, I, I'm like, I just got to watch that one more time. It's so like, cool. It is, it is so cool. Like, I mean, so cool.
1: you're literally it's like, nice. there's a character playing a hacker on a TV show that people are watching and they have no idea who Dave Kennedy is. And then he just yeah. mentions Dave Kennedy and you're like, that's, that's me. It's yeah. like, that's not anybody else. That's actually me that's talking actually, about it. Like he's Who'd actually, actually thought, you know? <laughs>
0: pretending to be you. That is, that is, cool. that is super cool. I, and yep. yeah, like I just, that was one of the things I just thought was like, that's just, yeah, yeah that's so cool. All right. So we do have a bunch more questions. We won't um, belabor how cool I think that is. Um, <laughs> how, well first, have you met him?
1: I have So I I've talked to him on the phone several times. Um, I've talked to Remy Malk and Christian Slater and those, and it's funny because when the first sh- uh, when the show first came out, um, they they were talking to me and uh, one of the things I really remember is that they were really paranoid about playing hackers. Um, they were super scared of playing hackers because they thought they were going to be hacked themselves because they're oh, portraying hackers. Funny. And I said, hey, and, and, and so I think it was uh, Christian Slater um, talked to me and he's like, hey, is there any way you can like provide me like a hacker shield or something like to protect me against hackers? And I'm like, Dude, it doesn't work that way, man. I'm sorry. You know, like I can give you some tips of what you can do, but there's no like like some code I can throw at you to protect you like a you know, like a Dragon Ball Z episode or something, you know. But uh if we have know, that, we so. have that There's,
2: there's yeah. no there's no InfoSex <laughs> spirit bomb, there's no InfoSec <laughs> yeah. Super Saiyan. Um, well,
1: well so if you listen to the commercials, artificial intelligence and machine learning can save you. So I mean I'm sure there's something out there for that. But <laughs> yeah, the Frieza shows up. I haven't seen it yet.
0: Oh, that's so funny! Oh my gosh, I totally wasn't even thinking about Christian Slater. You got to meet Christian Slater. That's so cool. Yeah. Very cool. Gosh, Dave, you're cool as hell. Okay, <laughs> so um, that was my big question. I wanted to know: was it still hacking? And I wanted to talk about Mr. Robot because I think that's cool. Um, so, what other questions do we want to ask about? Um, what What question would you like to ask him, Goat?
3: Um, so you said that, you know, you still spend a lot of time hacking and you're running this company and you have 300 employees and that sounds ultra stressful. Um, I can't even imagine that sounds very busy. Um, so my question, my first question was, what do you do on your downtime other than working and hacking and what do you do to kind of de-stress and kind of take a step back?
1: That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, for me, when I first started Trust at Tech, everything was work, right? Work, 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 work to build the company up. Um, since then, you know, and, and I portray this throughout all of my companies too, is that uh, I don't want my employees, uh, work, and, I, and I don't consider them employees, I consider them peers, you know, so we're all working together for, for one common goal. Awesome.
2: Uh,
1: and uh, for me, uh, I don't like seeing people on past five o'clock at night um, at, the, at the company. So, you know, it's, it's, it's unusual for people to be working past five o'clock at night, and it's actually unusual for people to be working past four o'clock, and I'm, and I'm fine with that. Um, and so, um, you know, for me, when I get home... Uh, I really try to stay away from uh, work. Uh, I actually spend the most amount of time with my kids. Uh, they're the most important thing for me right now. Awesome. Uh, seeing them grow up in basketball, baseball, uh, Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, swimming. Uh, we're, we're right in the middle of, of that, that that phase right there, which is really awesome to see them grow. So most of my time when I get home is taking them to you know uh, basketball practice, baseball practice, uh, Girl Scouts, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. Uh, and swimming, and uh, you know, my wife and I kind of divide and conquer to kind of do this. I remember, just yesterday, it was yesterday, no, it was the day before yesterday. Um, I, had, I had driven out to Columbus and gave a five-hour presentation, a symposium uh, on the MITRE Attack framework, and then I came home. And as soon as I got home, I was helping with homework. And then I took uh, my one kid to baseball practice, uh, went back, and while he was at ba- baseball practice, got subway, dropped it off for my one kid, went and picked up my other kid at baseball practice, came back, uh, and drove my kid to basketball practice until nine o'clock or nine thirty at night. So. You know, it, you know that's kind of why, why. Why that might seem like a lot of stress. It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy watching them grow. Um, so that's a good one. I also play video games uh, at night. Okay. So I play uh, Destiny, and and one of my other favorite games is called Hunt Showdown, which is more of a PvP type of game. Nice. So I do that to kind of de-stress and unwind. I smoke a lot of meats, um, so I'm a big smoker of meats. That's what I do to... to, to I so did loves. not
0: hear another... I, yeah. heard, I heard a different word come in. Oh,
1: yeah. I <laughs> felt
3: like there was a pause in my body, I was
1: like, what? I
0: smoke a lot smoking of... Smoking
1: meats? I just want to throw out the smoking meats. meats. <laughs> awesome. So, ribs. Yeah, I just, did, uh, I just did. I just did candied bacon today for my kids. Oh, so I, did, I uh, saw that. Where is
3: yeah. it? Yeah, I asked you if you're bringing it. Yum. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I got. I got it upstairs. Obviously. Yeah, if I can put it through the thing. I, I wish so there was a way to like get a smell through the computer. I am sorry, <laughs> you can't lick the screen. I I'd rather, yeah. I I saw it and I literally tweeted.
3: I was like, Are you bringing that to the podcast? cuz I really want some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really it funny. looked
2: really so good. funny. <laughs> like both that's Ushi awesome. and I cook in cast iron, they'll be fine.
3: Yes, that's true. <clears throat> that's awesome. Well, thank you.
1: I know. Yeah. I think stress, you know, stress is so important. You have yeah. to have time to to decompress. Yeah. Uh, life is all about having fun and uh, enjoying your life. And you, you shouldn't be working all the time. You're going to literally flash forward and you're going to be 10, 20 years in the future. And you're be like, what the heck did I just do with the rest of my time?
2: Absolutely. And
1: uh, you only get this one uh, time once. So I'm a huge fan of, of uh, taking time off and de-stressing.
0: I'm so that's glad cool. you said that. That's actually like... Um, I think mental health is really, really important. And, uh, my, my, I have a, I have a uh, degree in psychology and, and that was my biggest focus was just kind of mental health and stress management and all that kind of stuff so
1: but you make an awesome social engineer I
0: um so you know I used to be a detective and I used to do undercover work I oh, no kidding. if yeah I um, if I had not if I didn't have a two-year-old I would absolutely have um probably looked at social engineering um as a as a
2: thing It reminds me of, I mean, I show a lot of concern for, like, even my boss. There's been nights where, like, I'm working a little bit late, and then I go in there, and, like, her workload is still, like, she's got a couple, three hours ahead of her. I'm like, what the hell are you still doing here?
3: I think Yeah,
2: like, I I go home to a dog. You go home to a husband and two kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I (laughs) I think... Go ahead.
3: Oh, sorry. I just, I think, like, a lot of, like, CEOs and people who own their own companies and, like, they turn into robots and I hate yeah. to yeah. say that but like yeah. they, they like wake up at 4 30 go to the gym go to work come yeah. home like I don't like it's I've heard it's a lot of you know what I like though I, what I
0: really like is that even th- what you said is your like downtime is you spending time with your kids and yeah. it's and it doesn't it's not necessarily like chilling with your feet up it's Doing the things that make you happy, and yeah. I think that's the the message that people need to know is that if you're like, there's no way I would be so bored if I just whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be that. It can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It can be stuff that yep. is super makes you. You're still super busy and you're going. It's just whatever. It's whatever. It's kind of like that um, that that Asian lady on Netflix. It's whatever brings you joy.
2: Marie Kondo.
0: Marie Kondo. Is that the
3: minimalist? lady? <laughs>
0: that's
1: right. <clears throat> yes. You, you have to have time for yourself and, and time for. Or what makes you happy in yes. life and uh and you know seeing my kids train a three or do a basketball you know do an awesome move or just grow and, and learn something uh yes. that to me is, is the most exciting part.
0: Oh I think that's great. Gosh thank Dave, you. you're so amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it so, thank
0: you. Um what was your what question did so, you want to so do? So
2: this one um so there's a lot of projects that most people in any given field feel very proud of and accomplish at the end of it but there's a few that are usually a bit more memorable because you get to the end of them and like once it's over and you get a chance to actually take a breath and the adrenaline wears off, you realize it's like you stretch yourself stupid thin and you are completely and totally like mentally and physically exhausted at the end. Um, for you, like what projects Stretched you like the farthest. Which one required you to tap into like every last you know energy reserve and skill that you can tap into?
1: You know, it, it's funny. Uh, people think of of computer hacking as sitting in front of a keyboard in um, the entire time, but you're 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 basically straining your mind uh, to think in a completely different way uh, and and to have to be creative every single time. And it's it's something that takes a lot of brain power. And your largest muscle in your body is your brain. And uh, so, you know, when I'm on really challenging engagements, um, it, you know, I'll, I'll basically uh, stress about it uh, and obsess about it in, in many cases. In fact, uh, when I'm when I'm writing code and things like that and I can't figure something out, uh, my wife knows not to communicate with me uh, because my brain is just working overtime and I can't compute human interaction. Uh, I, I'm like literally obsessing about it so much that like there was one time I remember this, this engagement I was on and uh, I couldn't break into him and it was driving me nuts. And, uh, it was like day three into it. And, uh, my brain is just going over about what things I should try and what things I should try. And, uh, I literally woke up at two o'clock in the morning with an idea and I wrote it down on a piece of paper and then I went back to sleep and the next day I broke in and got full access to everything. Oh,
3: I love it. Can I, can I just make a comment? I love that you said that because like, I think that's actually something that's like very super common within like the hacking or pen testing community, um, that like, that mindset, that like exhaustion, that two AM waking up and having that realization, or working till three AM. I'm lucky enough to be dating someone who's also in cybersecurity and is a pen tester, and who will stay up until three o'clock coding, or like he won't like go he, to bed. Like he just forgets to eat. He forget like it's, trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's yeah. like such a mindset, and like it's exhausting.
1: Forgetting to eating is very common. I'll be sitting there, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry, but I don't care. I want to finish this up, right? You know, yeah. in, in, in twelve hours later, I'm still not eating. You know? I've honestly
0: <laughs> been like, "Why does my stomach hurt?" Yeah. And then I go, "Oh, bitch, you haven't like, eaten yeah. yeah, yeah. eight hours." I feel like don't realize that though, because
3: like, <clears throat> I'm a, I'm on threat intelligence now, and so like. At 10 o'clock, I'm hungry, but when mm-hmm. I, I was, I've done pen testing in this past, or like um red team engagements, and you, it's like something, you don't even think, because like you are exercising your brain in that way. That's a good question. Hold on, answer. can we just,
0: I want to pause. Dave, nobody's going to see this. Maybe I'll take a screenshot. Can you show us your glass, your Glencairn glass that you've got going on right there? Hold on. Oh, then. it's
3: beautiful.
0: Keep it, oh, damn. Okay, because I we're gonna we're gonna yeah, we're gonna screenshot that because
3: Dave, that's
0: some bougie stuff right there, and, and I love it. I love
1: it. Gotta get the nose, you gotta get the
0: you got the yes. sniffer. Isn't it called
1: a that's right.
3: Sniffer?
2: No, not no, a that sniffer, is. so a sniffer's a beer glass. Um. The blonde coming
3: out again. I did dye my hair blonde, like so highlights. I like that.
2: I I like how you phrase that, like, currently unable to compute human interaction because that happens to me on a – I should probably buy a chalkboard and try to keep track of the number of times per week that I kind of go into that mental mode where it's like I'm unable to compute proper human interaction. My boss has gotten on to me a few times before where it's like, you you came across as really stern in that meeting, and my immediate response was, why do I care? (laughs) And, yeah,
1: and normally, if you're dealing with human interaction on a, on a regular basis, you are used to communicating to people, and you're a different person. There are times where I'm giving a presentation, and let's just say I'm giving a really technical talk at a conference. Um, I was just in HackCon uh, Norway a couple weeks ago, and you know when when oh, I was last last week last week, yeah. And uh, you know when when I like how I'm you giving said a that, very like
0: it was super normal. I was in Norway <laughs> last week for
1: HackCon. <laughs> I'm all over the place, like Fortunately or unfortunately. I just
0: I have I have a tendency when I like people I like to give them shit and that's bougie. And I think it's cool as crap. So, okay, my bad. You were so you were in Hackon, Norway.
1: I was in Norway and uh you know, when you're giving technical talks, the the last thing you want to do. I mean, there was like a whole bunch of like really awesome people like Olaf, Ovarmo, uh uh, Duky on like really technical people that like I get intimidated you know talking in front of you know I'm a technical person too Stop but like you know, these are peers in my industry and everybody's peers but like these folks are like writing tools that I use and stuff like that and I just you know huge fanboying um, oh over gosh. these people Dude so
0: Kennedy
2: does that. I mean oh I all the
1: time all the time
2: so and the,
1: uh, I mean everybody does awesome stuff i get I, I get I get nervous talking in front of people all the time um but uh, yeah. With, with Durkian specifically and, and uh, Odvar and Olaf, like you don't want to go there and just give like a really bad talk. So then right. I'm literally writing code and doing different things and trying to figure things out. And then I have to snap myself out of it because I actually have to talk in front of people. And it's funny because like I literally have to push myself over an edge to communicate with somebody because I really don't want to. I don't want to talk to people. I just want to write the code and show my code. So if I, if I could just like Record my screen and then put it up on the screen and I don't have to talk about anything, that'd be awesome. But uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So I have to kind of get myself That's out of that mindset and then get back into actually talking to people because my brain has been working so hard.
2: This can kind of loop us back to a point that I tried to make during our first episode um, where I referenced The Princess Bride, which I hope is a movie most of the audience has seen. Um, in, in the world of Infosec, it, it, the, the duel between Wesley and Inigo. Where he asks the question, it's like, "Why are you smiling?" And Inigo responds with, "Because I know something you don't know." Um, that happens at literally every single level inside of InfoSec. There's always like, it doesn't matter what level of expert or master. If you're the Samuel L. Jackson level Jedi master here, um, there's always someone who knows something you don't. And like I said, InfoSec is just a chain of people <laughs> who can respond with, it "Because I know something you don't know." Uh, yeah, which is absolutely. absolutely. There's always someone you can <clears throat> learn something from, and that's. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, keep going. Sorry. I say I absolutely think um, you know when you look at, at this community uh in, in this industry, uh, it, it, there's so many brilliant people out there, and they know their own area of expertise, and that's the great thing. You know what I really loved about DerbyCon is it was a way for us to share our experiences, regardless if you're just coming in new to the industry um, or you're a seasoned professional that had an area of expertise in a certain location. It was a way for you to kind of share your knowledge and kind of grow uh, with who you were. Um, and so, I mean, like, I, I'm really good at what I write because I wrote the, I wrote the code. But, you know, you talked, I remember the a really funny story. Um, there was a, a zero day in Internet Explorer. This is a number of years ago. And I wrote an exploit for it. At the time, it was a zero day. And I got it working. It was awesome. And I, I hated Ruby, and I barely coded in Ruby. I coded in Python and C and a few others, Assembly and a few others. But not really that good at Ruby. And... Uh, and so I uh, basically wrote this exploit in Ruby, and I sent it over to H.D. Moore from Metasploit. And uh, H.D.'s like, dude, fantastic exploit, looks amazing. And I was so nervous, too. I like literally rewrote it like seven or eight different times. And I was really paranoid saying it. To him, I was all sweaty, and I sent it to him. And uh, H.D.'s like, hey, man, it looks really great. I just made a couple changes. Here you go. It's back in the repository. You know, We're going to publish it. I'm like... Awesome. I got my first exploit in Metasploit and all this other stuff. And I look at the code and like not a single line was my line that I wrote. written. He wrote the entire thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. You know, everybody has their own their own strengths. And, uh, you know, it, it worked. It was functional. But it wasn't, you know, at the level of what HD knows because he's a brilliant mind in what he wrote in Metasploit. And, you know, we all have our areas of expertise that make us unique as as an individual, whether it's social engineering or pen testing or red teaming or threat intelligence or threat hunting. You know, we all have our perspectives of what make us unique, and that's what makes us a strong uh, strong industry.
0: I, I th- So I'm really glad that you mentioned that because we're going to kind of circle back around to this as well. But I really, I feel like that's an important thing for everyone to understand who's trying to get into what they may call InfoSec. Like, I feel like there's so many people that are trying to get into this industry and don't realize that they're already here. Yep. And that you belong because you have this, like people have, it. I didn't understand the, the concept of um, imposter syndrome until I got here. And then I didn't understand what it was until I like read about it and was like, oh yes, that's what I have. And I think everybody has it at some point in their, their career. And it's, and like what people don't understand is like, everybody has a different skill set and that skill set helps you become who you are in this industry. And, um, it's, so I'm, I'm really glad that that you brought that up.
3: Yeah.
1: I I can't. Oh, sorry.
3: Sorry. I keep going. You interrupted Dave Kennedy. You go, you go
1: talk. (laughs) Sorry.
3: I was going to say, I think it talks to like Mm. the different niches of InfoSec. Like, like I hate to point back to like again the first episode but like i tried my hand at dev work i am not a dev coder mm-hmm. I, I would rather not i've tried myself at like red team again not my thing like but there maybe people are forcing out there like i have to be this elite hacker because that is infosec it's not infosec there's like five million other things that you could be good at yeah you just don't
0: realize yeah. like maybe you're just really good at aws and right. there's a spot for which them. by
1: the way is is like the, the number one most requested thing right now is, is cloud infrastructure and yes. AWS and Azure, right? I mean Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it, mean this it. industry is for everybody, regardless if you are here for a month or you're here for a year or two years. You know, it's interesting when you introduce yourself, you know, you say, Well, hey, I'm kind of new to InfoSec, you know, and all this other stuff. You know, to me it, years of experience, um, in this industry means absolutely nothing. You're still part of this industry. Uh, you're driving this industry forward, and we need new people into this industry to make it better. You know, it's it's interesting. You look at um, the '90s and early 2000s of this industry, and it was a very closed, hackerish, you know, community that was, you know, very much protective of hackers and all this other stuff. We've grown well beyond that, and everybody's welcome. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. an industry where you have different expertise that are really providing different pieces of value, whether you're governance and audit. You know, whether you're doing PCI assessments, uh, whether you're doing penetration tests, everybody makes up this industry of what we see today.
2: Yes.
1: And uh, we're all just sharing our, our, our views and perspectives. It, it's not an elite hack anymore. I mean, I, you know, it's it's interesting. I, when, when I was going through security, it was all about elite hacks and things like that. So I was bypassing ASLR and data execution prevention, running exploits and publishing tools and all this other stuff. And, you know, that was the the street credibility Um, back then to me street credibility uh, today is sharing your experiences that are unique to you because somebody else is going through that same thing somewhere else and you're helping them out and that's that's the street credibility to me is sharing your experiences and perspectives that to me is the cool sexy hack that it was back in the 90s and 2000s Uh, we've matured very differently as an industry and we're an industry trying to figure out what we're doing and making things better
0: yeah, tech continues to um, grow, and it continues to evolve. And so it's not what it was in 1999. Absolutely. It's totally yep. different in 2020. So I think that's really awesome.
2: I'm, I'm more than halfway to a pension. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to this day, when I open cases, before I actually submit it to like the group as a whole... I always, always, always go and grab a colleague, somebody else with a fresh pair of eyes. Yep. And you, yeah. I usually phrase it as, can I get a dummy check, please? Um, I used to have one who, uh, one of my favorite colleagues, uh, she retired about two or three years ago. She would ask, yeah, but who's the dummy? <laughs> um, the, the, the answer that I always gave was, it's me, please. Yeah. Um, but, I'm constantly yeah.
0: saying, like, hey, I need somebody to make sure I didn't fuck I, shit up.
1: Same same with me, same with me, absolutely. Like, oh no, seriously, when I I send my reports out, I'm like, hey, can you all make sure that I don't sound like I'm an idiot here? Uh, Because.
0: (laughs) I need the idiot check.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the biggest mistake that I ever made, um, I was still living in San Antonio, Texas at the time. The biggest mistake I ever made that somebody caught, um, I promised them anything in the world that they wanted because it was that big of a screw up. Uh, They asked for a case of Yingling. Which oh. if you're familiar with how okay. like Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission works, you cannot get Yingling in Texas. Oh really? I didn't know that. You straight up cannot get it in the entire You can go to the state. store
1: down the street like a gas station to get Yingling yeah, it's here, like so a
3: Pennsylvania
2: yeah, um,
3: yingling. Are so you kidding
2: they, me? So they, they told me yingling. So the next time I was outside of Texas, I remembered, and I brought back a 24-pack of yingling. Yeah. And so the what next time, you know, came home, or came back to Texas and went into the office and was like, so that thing you asked for, I made sure it happened. Yeah.
0: That's like us getting yep. five bottles of Eagleware.
2: <laughs> That's pretty awesome, by the so... way. I'm, I'm, I'll,
1: I'll take those five bottles if you don't want them. Uh,
3: <laughs> Megano.
1: I don't think they can survive at night.
3: It's like that mean... we
1: actually oh, stocking so, up. I, I, could, I could use 15 bottles of We have, of the, we career,
3: have
0: this so. really amazing Northern Virginia um, kind of DMV uh, group from, from InfoSec Twitter that is actually going... They tried to bogart in on this podcast, but I thought that, like, <laughs> 10 different drunk people trying to talk to you was probably not going to work <laughs> out. We limited so, it to
3: three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> thank we, you, thank
2: you. I appreciate we and, that.
0: We try and limit... Because, you know... You, Obviously, you're, like, one of the most humble people ever, but you're kind of a big deal. And, um... I he's like and so
1: appreciate that. Hashtag. Thank you. But that's... It's always really weird for me to hear that. It, it really, so, really, it really right?
0: Is. I was actually going to ask because, like, so whenever I talk to people and, like, told people... So, like, I... I kept this podcast quiet for a really long time that I was even creating it because... Like, to people in my, my real world because, um, just... It, it, for the the, uh, what's the word I always forget, um, imposter got, imposter syndrome. Okay. Thank you. I don't know why that word always escapes my memory. But anyway, so I like I didn't tell a lot of people, but my my current coworkers found me on Twitter, and all follow me, and kind of brought up podcasting, and, like, so anyways, when I tell people, like, oh my gosh, like, I get to interview Dave Kennedy, like, your name is not, like, I don't tell people, oh, I'm going to interview Dave, it's Dave Kennedy, are you used to that yet, like, your name is kind of, like, it's a whole, it's Dave Kennedy. He was on TV. His name was on TV.
3: do, Do your kids realize how cool that is?
1: Uh, I don't. I, you know, I try to keep them away from uh, a great. lot of that stuff. Uh, you, yeah. I, I think they realize that, mm-hmm. hey, in security, Dad knows what he's doing, um, and he runs his own companies. Awesome. It's funny. Uh, we were driving to um, the office the other day, and one of our um, one of my coworkers that I work with is his name is Dave as well. We call him HD or Hamburger Dave, because uh, his last name's Thompson, and we couldn't have another Dave in the company, so it was like Dave Thomas from Wendy's. So we just nicknamed him Hamburger Dave.
0: Hamburger Dave.
1: Hamburger Dave. And so my kids are all like, "Hamburger oh, I can't wait Dave, to go, to, go to the me office. A DM.
0: We're gonna, we're gonna do a podcast with you."
1: You can do it. Yeah. You do, yeah. <laughs> so my kids are all like, um, "I can't wait to go uh, to the office and shoot Hamburger Dave with our Nerf guns." And they're all like planning, like their assault on him and everything, and. Um, but no, it, it's, it's weird uh, obviously hearing people talk about uh, me specifically and my name because I just, you know, uh, not getting into too much stuff, but when I was a kid, you know, I was, uh, uh, I, I literally moved from like a, a uh, uh, school that I had a lot of great friends with to uh, my, my parents lost their jobs and all, a bunch of other stuff. And so I moved to a, a different type of school. And, uh, I was, uh, like, I wasn't popular. I didn't have any friends. I literally found my home and computers because that's the only outlet that I had to socialize with other people. And so it was funny because I, I got in- inducted into, um, my school's hall of fame. And, uh, I actually failed out of high school, uh, to graduate. I failed out of high school and I had to go to summer school just to graduate. Wow. And, uh, you know, you have to fill out, you know, your like your, your thing about, you know, you're being an alumni of hall right. of fame and they're like, Hey, what extracurricular activities you did? I'm like, None. What was your GPA? Uh, I filled out of high Bad. school, had to go, you know, just to pass. And, you know, all these other people are, you know, the, the you know, all these super smart people doing all these sports and everything. And so for me, um, you know, kind of growing up and 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 having people that that uh talk about you is it's a really unique and unusual experience for me. I don't like doing and talking about that. So it's but yeah, uh, it's it's really cool. Um I'm appreciative of it, I'm appreciative of everybody that's super kind and awesome. And accepting of me as an individual, uh, I very much look at this as everybody kind of striving to make the world a better place, and that's all I want to do is leave this world a better place than I left it. So I, I
0: love that. I think it's it's interesting because any time that I've spoken to anyone about you, um, <clears throat> who has met you, your glass is a little is a little
1: light, Dave. Um, I, I, so I actually, uh, full disclosure, I have to go to my kids. Uh, oh, that's right. He's at nine o'clock. He has okay. a nine o'clock yeah. uh, tournament. We're getting close.
0: Yeah. But uh, what, so. <laughs> uh, what I will say is everybody that I've talked to that I've ever, that has ever met you, always, but he's still talking it off. <laughs> um has always said what an amazing person you are and i will tell you that i appreciate that as somebody who is fairly new into the um into the into the community i think when you see somebody who's done some amazing work and has really contributed You you hope that they are as humble and as amazing as you are. Not everybody is, and you're just so awesome. And I thank
1: you very much. And and I
0: it's funny because like there's a few people that I talked to and I and and I've said, oh my gosh, Dave Kennedy. And even before like I I don't know if you remember us meeting at Wild West Hackenfest, but I do. And it. Somebody told me that you always remember, which is really cool. And it was before I met you, they were like, he always remembers the people that he meets and he's just so awesome. And, and I think that, that that's, that's really awesome that you,
3: yeah. No, keep going. Sorry. I
0: just, I feel like, I feel like that's so important to hold on to. Yeah. Because like when I was in law enforcement, I had, you know, I worked my way through the trenches. I, I was a, a, road cop and then I became a detective. And when I became a detective, you know, those are the people that as a road cop, road cops would look up to detectives because they'd been around, they'd done the thing, they whatever. And I never wanted to forget where I came from. And when I left law enforcement, I actually had somebody come to me who thanked me for always being like, you know, so cool and and whatever and like and that was such a very small scale. That, that was just within one agency. And I think, I feel like you're that guy who doesn't forget who, where he came from. And it's yes. so awesome to the little, to us little people. Like when we met, you were dressed as a Kendall.
1: I remember. For Dead Weird. And that,
0: that is the, that is the selfie I had with Dave Kennedy. I had to, I had to almost like, like beat some people down just to get a selfie with you before they bogarted in and were like, no, we wanted selfie so with Dave Kennedy uh, as well, which was so funny. And you were just so awesome. And it was just, yeah, that was a really, that was really cool. But I didn't get to even like talk about the fact that you, your name is no longer Dave, right? You're Dave Kennedy and it rolls off know, the tongue very easily.
2: It's Dave. Dave Kennedy. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's it's almost like Dave Grohl, who also once said something to the effect of your kids don't care that you're a rock star because they still want ice cream. That's right. <laughs> that. That's
3: just,
1: such a great, great analogy.
3: And I just want to say, you're probably getting sick of us talking about how amazing you are. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but I've literally seen you all over Twitter just so helpful and so... Funny. Sorry for the dogs. It's
1: okay. I love it. We love it. I have
3: a puppo. It's authentic.
0: We um, actually prefer that.
3: I've seen you all over Twitter, people with zero followers, one follower, twenty followers, a million followers, and I've always just seen you like helpful and willing to like help others. Absolutely. And it's just it's beautiful at the end of the day. I don't have another word for it. It's amazing.
0: Thank you for being you, Dave yeah. Kennedy.
3: There's not no, I
1: appreciate it. I really, really I really nice. try to respond to everybody that talks to me on Twitter. Um, anybody that's looking for help. I agree. Um, you know, I, I really try to spend a lot of my time. You mentioned decompressing. Uh, I spend a lot of my time at nights responding to people um, that are asking for help or asking for career advice or things like that. Um, just recently, um, my old high school that I graduated from, uh, Bedford High School. Uh, the the median income for uh, Bedford is uh, under thirty thousand dollars, which is uh, like forty three percent of the lowest of the you know income of of, of the United States. And um, I, I did a pretty substantial donation uh, to the school to build um, a esports and gaming facility uh, for kids there. Um, cool. And there's a whole bunch of scholarship opportunities. I hooked them up with the Cavs Legion esports games and um, Notre Dame in Cleveland. And there's actually a whole bunch of scholarship opportunities now for kids that would have never been able to use computers. Um, you know, now they have the ability to do, it. and they, it was really weird. As they called it, the Dave Kennedy Center of Excellence and ah, Gaming
2: and Leadership, like
1: that, is which it, is really cool. Uh,
2: um,
1: yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, but the, the, that aside, it's uh, it's it's really about uh, trying to help others and, and making the world a better place. And uh, you know, I came from a very different background, I and mean, we didn't have a lot growing up as a, as a kid. And uh, you know, I went into the Marines so that I could you know, hopefully uh, get a better life for myself and go to college and, and, and do different things that we couldn't afford uh, as we're growing up. And and uh, I really hope to be able to help other people uh, do that same thing. So when I look at, you know, what I have and what I'm able to do, it's really trying to help others uh, really achieve what they possibly can and maximize what they can. And I will do anything I possibly can to help others. And that's a belief in my heart and, uh, you know, what what I try to do for for everybody else out there. And uh, and. I do appreciate it. Again, it's really weird when you started talking about me. Honestly, I started sweating and, and getting nervous uh, because I don't like—I don't like that. Uh, it's a really unusual, com- uncomfortable feeling uh, for that. But uh, it's one that I think you know, from an industry perspective, a lot of people are asking for guidance, and we need a lot of people out there helping them out uh, to help out their careers and uh, whatever we can do to help them, we should be doing.
0: So that actually really segues really well into what kind of our our final question is, because we we wanted to get you out. Um, I know you've got some stuff going on tonight. We want to make sure that you got to that. So um, my last question really is just kind of, you know, our podcast, when we made it, when we decided to do it, it was kind of... I have a tendency to walk through open doors and not really know what I'm getting into. And things just kind of organically happen, right? And so what I found was that the response to the podcast was a lot of people saying, I'm trying to get into InfoSec or I'm in a beginner InfoSec role and I'm trying to further my career in InfoSec. And thank you so much because like the podcast kind of tries to do that. So we've got you. Dave Kennedy and <laughs> Supreme I know I, I can't, I can't help it. Um, <clears throat> so what would you say? So like I've been asking pretty much everybody that has, has agreed to come on what your advice would be to somebody who is either just getting started in InfoSec or somebody who's kind of, I feel like you know, there's so many levels of infosec. Like you can get into. Like I started as a SOC analyst role before I got into um, threat intel, and there's so many different levels of where you can grow, right? So I think people who are, it doesn't matter where they're starting at, whether they're starting as a, as a, I, don't, I, I'm not even anything computer related to maybe they're they're kind of an infosec. Anyway, so I'm, I'm I feel like I'm rambling. What is your advice for somebody who is either brand new into InfoSec or is trying to further their career into InfoSec to get to where they you know, want to be?
1: Yeah, you know, that's, that's always a really tough question because uh, it's loaded in the, in the sense of I'm, I'm a firm believer um, that your career should be something that you're passionate about and that you love doing. Um, because we spend so much time at work and we spend yes. so much time uh, day in and day out of our lives that our lives are supposed to be something that we're enjoying because we only get one chance at this as far as we know.
2: Right. Um,
1: and so, you know, for me, um, it's it's finding that passion of what you'd like to do and then homing in on that and finding a good company that can hone those skills in. Um, there are so many times oh, I talk amen. to people and they have joined a company that is extremely toxic and it gives them that per- perception that infosec is this massive. You have to work, you know, you know, 300 hours a week, and you know, do all this stuff to get done. It's, it's not the case. You're you're at the wrong place. Um, find a place that can take your skills and will grow your skills, and you can learn from others about it. Uh, one thing I, when I first got out of of of, of the military, um, I joined a really uh, bad place. Uh, it was it was a place that was all about. Um, an individual person and, and and it was just a really toxic environment. And I learned the exact opposite. I'm, I'm like the polar opposite of that in my company. Like I'm like, I don't never want that to be like that, but you know, learn from others that are around you um, learn uh, to, to what you find that you enjoy. If it's web applications, if it's incident response, if it's governance, if it's, you know, uh, risk assessments, whatever it ends up being that you enjoy doing. I have one person in on my team that loves documentation. I don't know anybody mm-hmm. in my life that has ever loved <laughs> documentation, right? But he loves it. And so that's great, right? That's you know, awesome. I put him in a position where he just writes documentation all day and he loves every aspect of it, right?
0: I love it. Um,
1: I yeah. It. And, and, and so, you know, it's finding what you like. We had a, a recent, um, just started doing pretty substantial internships. Uh, we, we put a position in place mm-hmm. um, that literally hires interns quite often and tries to teach Yay. them through uh, awesome. InfoSec and get them their careers. And, uh, and, and it was a big deal for me. I, I was actually eating me up inside because, um, you know, as a small company, when we first started, we would just hire seniors, 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 well-established, 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 and, and same old stuff, but I didn't feel like I was really jump-starting people's careers. And so we're at a place now where we can actually bring in interns, we can bring in people that are new to InfoSec and teach them with what they'd like to do. And uh, we just had a, a, a girl come from uh, Kent State University, Kelsey. And uh, she came into the place, and she really wanted to do web apps. And so we brought her into um, uh, the web app team, and we have some great mentors there that, that really mentored her up. And, man, she is incredible. I mean, awesome. she is just one of our top people um, in the web app team, and, and she's just a, a driving force in what we're doing in the application security team. So, you know, find what you like to do. Um, find that opportunity. Uh, I'll say consulting um, is a very uh, stressful environment, but at the same time, you learn a lot initially as you're young uh, to be able to kind of go through those ropes. versus kind of a corporate environment where you're kind of going into the ropes of something already established. Um, but my, my biggest thing to people coming into this industry that I can give the, the best amount of, of suggestion to is, is find what you love, home in on that and find a good company that will tailor your skills um, to really build that up and take a chance on you. And they are, they are out there. There's a number of them. Uh, you look at Black Hills Information Security with John Strand.
2: They're
1: incredible. John is is another kind soul in this industry. Um, you know, it just just you know, there's so many good people trying to do some really good things. You have In Guardians, you have Juarez Consulting, you have a number of other companies out there um that just have really good uh, uh uh people that are really trying to train people. Find out those companies that will mentor your skills and grow. And my whole goal isn't to, I don't expect to be able to keep all my interns. My my goal is to teach you in a way that makes you successful, to where you can go on to your next career path and and be successful yes. with whatever you do. And uh, you know you, there are places out there. Learn it. Uh, learn your, your your trade of what you do well. Uh, Study your butt off and uh, learn from others, and uh, you will be absolutely successful.
0: That's so amazing. And I think <clears throat> in my my first infosec. Uh, career as a SOC analyst when I got hired they basically said to me like yeah you're probably going to move on because the the particular company that I worked for um, was a government contractor and they didn't have a ton of infosec roles and they knew that like I was going to learn a whole bunch of stuff and I was going to go somewhere else and I, I think that's amazing to say like you don't necessarily have to stay here. We want to make sure that you can, you know, like move on and grow and all that that wonderful and stuff.
2: Not not every job yeah. is necessarily going to have the ability for you to go all the way to the top floor. Absolutely, but their their willingness to support you as you you know as you grow and improve as like an analyst or just a generalized member of InfoSec, whatever path through InfoSec you take. You know, a company's ability to support that is extremely valuable. Uh, speaking as someone who hasn't separated from federal service yet, um, I happen to be in one of those extremely toxic positions. We won't get into details, but they like keeping a chokehold on our assignments, usually uh, it's money and other things that are thrown at us to keep us uh, under thumb, if you will. I... But any position that tries to help people advance, I have infinite levels of respect for
3: And I just want to emphasize, because 2020 is my year to get up on my soapbox about internships and how passionate I am, because I started an internship. That really just changed my life. So, yeah. Exciting that, loving that. Yeah, yeah I knew you were Everyone, going to yes. say that. I told you, 2020 is my year. Internships!
0: Before I forget, I really wanted to thank you because yes. I am a huge patriot. And um, anybody who's given service to our country, I just want to thank you for your service. Thank you. <clears throat> so I appreciate it. And,
1: and I really want to say thank you for what you do on this podcast. And, uh, you know, what? what's better than a security podcast and whiskey? I mean, there's nothing better than that, so... You know, thank you for yes. for uh, having me on. I'm really truly thankful uh, for uh-huh. for what you do and the time that you take out of your day to try to share with others. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. what we're here to do is share with others and 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 share our experiences. And that is that is absolutely invaluable. So and thank you too. So I nice mean, for everything that you all do uh, for coming on here.
0: You know, my <clears throat> when when this podcast first kind of started, I I, I always I've never shied away from open doors. Even if I don't know what's on the other side, I I generally just kind of like push myself through it and go, I'm here, and and we see what happens. And and this whole podcast idea was something that completely was created on Twitter, and I went with it, and and somebody reached out to me and said, I want to help you with this, and let's do this, and it, it became what it is, and it's still obviously growing Um there's we've still got we've only have three episodes out, but I think you'll probably end up somewhere in May. Um and it's so hard not to just drop everybody to be like, oh my god, I got to interview Dave Kennedy. There's gotta be some kind of Here he is. But yeah, so but honestly, like it, it kind of started to get to me that the the important part was for people, and it's funny because you say it, and like I get DMs all the time, and I feel like I'm nobody, and people say like I have questions, and I'm new, and I'm trying to figure this out, and what should I do, and and I and I if somebody's genuine and somebody wants to get into this community, like I never ever try to let that go by the wayside. And I love that you do that yeah, because you are infinitely larger than we are. But, and and so I just,
1: you, you, you made the comment, uh, you know, I feel like I'm nobody when I respond to somebody, I I do the same thing. I feel like, why are you reaching out to me? I I feel like I'm nobody when I'm talking to, to you as well. And uh, that mutual respect that you have. And I'll tell you, uh, I, I, there are times where I'm, I'm traveling and things are just crazy busy, and I'll miss something, and somebody respond back and like, "Hey, I sent you a message. Did you Did you get it?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I feel the, yeah. like the most terrible person ever because yeah. I didn't yeah. respond to those individuals, yes. and I was you know, I just want to help yes. as many people as I can."
0: I I get so stressed out <laughs> <Same>. about <laughs> responding to people sometimes on Twitter, especially when it's something like that, like because it, occasionally I'll get like tagged in things where my notifications will blow up and I constantly say that like I suck at twittering because like I just I'll miss things, and I haven't quite figured out a really good system, but like i'll get I'll get like tagged in some like weird random crap post, and I'll miss something like real that somebody's asking a question and and i I get like so like, oh my gosh i I wish I had been able to respond to that, but so yep. it's so funny to hear yeah. you say that Same. and and I can't tell you how much we appreciate that you feel that way
1: oh it's Be- it's hopefully hopefully you know um. People are always trying to help one another and to make the world a better place. I always use that word, "make the world a better place." It, we all have our, our niches of what we do, um, you know, and, and you know, if if all of us had the mindset of of trying to help others and and trying to do the right thing and trying to you know, uh, uh, promote other people than ourselves. I think that the world would be just an amazing place in general. And, uh, you know, FOSECA, there's no room for egos. There's no room for rock stars. There's no room for any of that stuff anymore. Um, it really is a community. We're all working together to make the world a better place. And that really should be our goal.
0: And I really think that you're right. And I think that the people, like I've been completely amazed at the community that we currently have and you know infosec obviously has its drama but that's like any family i feel like like we all have drama and you have your your stuff but when it really comes down to it and when somebody needs help the InfoSec community is there for them. Yep. And I I tell people all the time, like, get on InfoSec Twitter. Because yeah. as weird as it is that you're telling people get onto online social media, there is a community out there for those there who don't have it in their own community. Like, if somebody is lucky enough to just simply be in an area where th- that – that, um, support exists and that's wonderful. But if you don't, there is a community out there that wants to support you, that wants to help you out. And, and I think that's, it's amazing that we have you as a part of that because we always think that the people, as they get, as they get like bigger and bigger and more important and more important that they don't have as much time to like respond. And you obviously, you know, try to do that. Um, More important is
1: a relative term. Uh, the importance is helping others, and uh, the other stuff that we do is a byproduct of that. Listen, and,
0: uh, Dave Kennedy, you're important.
2: <laughs> Whether, <laughs> listen, helping others is when
0: difficult. I so my job is to find POC to be able to break it down into behaviors. For we do a um, security instrumentation is is what I currently work on, and so like POC is like my bread and butter so like when I th- I was like Dave Kennedy yes like I almost wanted to like DM you just to be like thank you thank <laughs> you this, this is all we look for <laughs> is, is POC and our stuff which is proof of concept code for those who aren't familiar I, I, did, I didn't I didn't th- I didn't even throw that out I know yeah, most good. people would think point of contact and it does mean proof of concept code and like what I do um, I don't know if you're familiar. I I work for the Veridim project with FireEye, and yeah. um and so like POC when it comes to like CVE CVEs because everybody wants like what do we do? It's a CVE like and and when when a POC comes out like that's that's like the the stuff
2: yeah, because as soon right as there.
0: a POC comes out we can protect against it right yeah. and yeah. so yeah so like when I was like ah, I found POC from Dave Kennedy. And I think at the time we actually had this podcast already scheduled and you have no idea. I wanted to be like, I'm using your shit right now. It was great. <laughs>
2: and I feel like people people will have, I mean, even, especially on like social media type of platforms for reaching out to get help, people will have like their mute lists and their block lists. Um, I'm no exception. I'm pretty sure nobody on this episode is an exception to that, (laughs) but that doesn't mean you're not welcome to come up to me and like sit down, have a beer. We can talk about like why we've reacted on the social media platform, the way we've reacted to each other, why something has occurred in that particular fashion. Yeah. Uh, We can sit down. We can have a completely civil conversation in person because I feel like there's things that we can discuss, you know, right now you can, you can probably perceive some form of tone from my voice. I'm physically like, exhausted i'm surprised i didn't black out during the episode um but you know you can you can try to pick up like emotion and intent from my voice um yeah. so
0: real quick we're gonna start to wrap up because i know that you have to get going and i just want to say number one thank you so much dave for joining us I oh thanks so much for having me on it for what you do yeah I, I, uh, you're you're so amazing so <clears throat> Um, that's just my number one thing is thank you. Like, I'm so appreciative that you even joined us and gave your anything. So like I said, our podcast is a lot about, um, kind of obviously whiskey is, Is number one, right? We're we're people sitting around drinking, whiskey, talking about what we're passionate about. Um, for the newbies and the the kind of intermediaries that are, that are in InfoSec, do you have any last things that you want to just give them pearls of wisdom before we sign off?
1: You know, uh, um, gosh, uh, where, where do I start? Uh, so I would say, you know, what you're doing is interesting. Uh, what people have done before you is also interesting. You will do interesting stuff that will make their stuff look look old and antiquated. Um, you know, there's new things to be discovered. There's new things to explore. There are new things to do things differently. Um, you know, just because it was this way before in the past doesn't mean it needs to be this way in the future. Uh, and, and I know it's intimidating because I was intimidating. I remember uh, coming into the industry and, uh, you know, the name Dave Kennedy was nothing right it was just you just came to the industry and there was people like uh, uh the schmoo group and you know call to the dead cows and and all these people that looked up to you and respected Phil Zimmerman and Fyodor from nmap and these folks that it did something brilliantly during their period of time and you 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 just change something and you do something different you learn something differently you you create something different uh, you share your experiences and and things change so you know, come to this industry knowing that you can make a huge difference. Uh, you can make the industry better. Uh, you can make the world a better place. And uh, you know, just because you're new to InfoSec doesn't mean anything. It means that you're going to be awesome at what you do. Uh, it means that you're going to pave the way to something in the future. And uh, you're going to take the next generation to the to the, to the future state. So uh, just, so basically, just
0: because you're it, new doesn't mean that you have any less value to this industry.
1: 100%. Yeah, 100%. It, it doesn't
0: matter if you're five days in or, or Fifty years in. I need to hear. About Absolutely that. right. I'm so you you just you just made the goat tear up. <laughs>
3: it's
0: long so, <laughs> well, I appreciate.
1: I mean, it. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you
0: so much. We just want to thank everybody who joined us and um, everybody. I, I, there's nothing else I can say. Dave Kennedy, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you it. to the
1: three of you. Thanks thank so much you. for sitting down and, and talking to me. Uh, really appreciate your time and what you do for the community. And, uh, thanks again.
0: Stop it. You're so amazing. We love you. Bye. All right. <laughs> Take care. Have a good, have a great Bye night. Everybody. night. Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye.